Welcome to Health Source, a community education program brought to you by the University of Vermont Health Network. Your host today is Alex Tercy from the UVM Medical Center. Have you heard of the inherited heart condition that affects about one in 500 people? It's called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and it causes an enlarged heart, which may result in chest pain, dizziness, and even sudden cardiac arrest. Here to talk to us about the molecular motors that power the heart, mutations that enhance function, and UVM research discoveries in this area is David Warshaw, PhD, Professor and Chair of Molecular Physiology and Biophysics at the University of Vermont. Welcome to the show, Dr. Warshaw. Thank you for inviting me. So first off, um, for our listeners, can we talk about what, what is enlarged heart? Um, just as uh, it sounds, an enlarged heart is a heart that's larger than normal. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is the heart is one of our biggest muscles in our body. And just like if you think about weightlifters who mm-hmm. will um, exercise and then their muscles will enlarge, your heart will enlarge. Sometimes it enlarges mm-hmm. for good reasons. Sometimes it enlarges for bad reasons. And I think we're going to be talking about why it enlarges for a bad reason. Mm. Well, let's go right into that. What are some of the bad reasons? Well, um, some of them. are genetic mutations Mm -hmm. that afflict individuals. There's probably about one in 500 Vermonters who have genetic mutations Hmm. to proteins that are tiny molecular motors that Mm -hmm. power your heart. Mm -hmm. And they they are literally motors that convert Hmm. energy uh, into power uh, that makes your heart pump blood through your body. And those mutations, for some reason, have an impact on the structure of the heart and the heart enlarges to a point where in fact it gets so large that the chambers of the heart, which are the chambers that pump your blood, mm-hmm. become so large that they in fact can't pump as much blood. Really? And hmm. therefore uh, there's cl- clearly a, a detrimental effect to the, to the patient who has mm-hmm. that. How does somebody live with enlarged heart? Um, the problem is in some cases they don't know mm-hmm. they have an enlarged heart. And so you know, as you introduced the subject, you, it was hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a mouthful. It is. But um, <laughs> I think what happens is most people, in fact, know about it, even though they mm-hmm. don't really. Um, you might be watching TV and you hear of mm-hmm. about a basketball player at the age of 22 who dies on the court. And then they do an autopsy and they say, oh, he had an enlarged heart. Hmm. Well, nowadays, you can also do the genetics on that person and... Nine out of 10 times that person has one of these genetic mutations that I was talking about. Interesting. So who's at risk? Are there certain people who are at risk for this? Anybody who has the genetic mutation. Okay. So, um, but the issue is how do you find those people? Mm -hmm. So this person who I just gave you an example of, Mm -hmm. uh, who might have died suddenly during during a sporting event, you can then go back and look at the family tree and see, did that person's uncle, did that person's father, mm-hmm. did that person's mother, somebody have a heart condition uh, and, and potentially one at a very early age. And so if with technologies these days, mm-hmm. if they're still alive, you could go back and ask for you know, a sample and mm-hmm. confirm that, in fact, they have the genetic um, uh, mutation. Now, just because you have it doesn't mean you're going to die suddenly. So mm-hmm. I don't want to scare the population out mm-hmm. there. And I think that's an important point. But 
you may present as, as someone who presents with uh, a typical cardiac problem mm-hmm. where they might feel dizzy, dizziness or shortness of breath or maybe even chest pain. You know? And so uh, cardiologists uh, will then, you'll see your, your cardiologist mm-hmm. and then you can be treated. And so, okay. so there is a pathway forward for somebody who has. Yes, but I, I think condition. the critical point here is if you if somebody in the family presents at an early age, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing to talk to your cardiologist and, mm-hmm. and just to see for future generations. Mm-hmm. Because if you know in advance, I always say knowledge is important. Mm-hmm. And if you have that data, I think you can make uh, informed decisions. Sure, sure. So really just talk to your family and get a family history. Yep. It's important. Exactly. You mentioned you're an athlete as an example. Is this something that is seen in athletes? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it is. Um, you know, they, they'll have the same odds. You know, mm-hmm. I would say one in 500 athletes mm-hmm. w- w- would have that because that's the, uh, the percentages. Um, but it's interesting. Countries like Italy, if I'm right, mm-hmm. they require everybody to have an electrocardiogram before, mm-hmm. before sports at a young age because that... In fact, if you have an electrocardiogram or EKG, mm-hmm. which is uh, the term for it, uh, you can predict maybe if somebody has that disease. And mm-hmm. so the question is, should we be doing that for all our athletes? Mm-hmm. And it becomes a question of money versus uh, things like that. And so, but uh, Italy, I know, is, is actually doing that proactively. Our guest today is David Warshaw, PhD, Professor and Chair of Molecular Physiology and Biophysics at the University of Vermont. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about you because you talk about motors and some engineering terms when it comes to the heart. And I saw that you studied electrical engineering when you were an undergrad student. So I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about your journey to physiology and biophysics. I realized during during the process of uh, taking engineering courses that I came across courses in biology and courses in the human body and anatomy and things mm-hmm. like that. And I realized that, in fact, the human body is probably one of the most beautiful engineering design systems in the world, and that you can apply engineering principles to the body. Hmm. And I switched over after getting my my uh, bachelor in electrical engineering mm-hmm. into physiology and biophysics, which is the physics of biology. Sure. And, and the rest is history. Wow. That's so fascinating. So now you're an expert in myosin molecular motors. That's a mouthful as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? So myosin molecular motors are tiny proteins. So uh, every muscle in your body is made out of protein. And those myosins are tiny, tiny molecular motors. They're like a, a, um, a t- one ten-thousandth the size of a human hair. Hmm. But each one of those and its trillion partners inside a muscle in your heart actually generate force and motion. And hmm. it's those tiny motors that... Uh, are necessary for your heart to uh, to pump blood, and what the heart does is it orchestrates all those motors at the same time to mm. generate force. So your heart beats regularly, you know, seventy times a, a minute. And so um, the thing that was kind of interesting is when I got into the field, um, we can measure the forces of these tiny little molecular mm. motors, and we know that the mutation uh, that people present with is a single mutation to those proteins. Now, proteins are made out of amino acids. Mm-hmm. Myosin is made out of 2,000 amino acids. And if we think of it like a, an engine of a car, mm-hmm. it's made out of 2,000 nuts and bolts. And if you change one bolt, all of a sudden, the engine doesn't work properly. So 
the, the, the field viewed that mutations usually make things work poorer mm -hmm. than better. And when we actually measured the forces of these tiny little mo molecular motors, they generated more force than normal. So what was happening is the heart enlarges because it's actually ripping itself apart internally. Wow. It's overpowered. It's like mm -hmm. putting a Ferrari engine in a Volkswagen mm -hmm. chassis and sure. going to the race course. It's, yeah. not a, it's a recipe for disaster. Hmm. Now, based upon that information, there are companies out there that are creating drugs that are trying to put governors on these tiny little molecular motors so that mm -hmm. the heart now beats with the proper amount of force and power and it doesn't sort of injure itself internally. Hmm. I guess then the implication is then this kind of research can lead to ways that we can help people who might have an enlarged heart or, other, I mean, other heart issues as well? As I said, the heart is a muscle. Mm -hmm. So you have other muscles in your body, muscles that move your skeleton around, like your biceps and triceps. And, mm -hmm. and there are mutations in those motors that also lead to uh, clinical um, sort of what are called myopathies. Mm -hmm. um, and what we learn from the heart can be applied to any muscle. Mm -hmm. And so hmm. uh, I think that's a, a way forward. My, my thoughts now are that as a basic science researcher, a lot of times we just do basic science for the sake of doing science. Mm -hmm. And someone might say to you, so what have you done for us lately? How does it apply mm -hmm. to the human condition? At times I can't actually point to it, but this is one time yeah. where it really makes a difference because there are um, drugs now in, uh, in clinical trials that are trying to, like I said, govern these m motors and trying to mm -hmm. downpower them. So um, I, I think the, the application is obvious. So tell us more about what is the future of this specific research and what is some of the other research happening at your lab at UVM? So myosin is one protein that's found mm -hmm. in the heart. There are some other proteins. Uh, one in particular is called, it's a long one, myosin binding protein C. As, it, as the word, as the name sounds, it binds to myosin. Mm -hmm. And what it can do is it can then m modulate or it can sort of change the way myosin generates power mm -hmm. normally. And so that's become now a target. If you want to try to change myosins, this molecular motor's power mm -hmm. generation, and therefore how strong the heart beats, if you can target this other protein that binds myosin, then that's another avenue of uh, investigation, mm. which my lab is at the forefront of mm. doing right now. It, I'm going to take you in a left turn here for a second. Okay. But the interesting <laughs> thing is that these myosin molecular motors as I said, have other functions, not just mm -hmm. the ones that uh, are associated with motors, uh, with a muscle, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, if you think of the insulin granules mm -hmm. and insulin being secreted, insulin is packaged in these tiny little vesicles inside the cell, but they have to get from the center of the cell to the, to the edge of the cell mm -hmm. so that it can be secreted. And guess what? These tiny little molecular motors are attached to the vesicles, and they crawl and drag mm -hmm. these vesicles right to the uh, the end of the cell. Really? So what I learned in the heart can apply to potentially even you know diabetes in terms of insulin secretion and things like that. Do you see other researchers in the field investigating that or applying any of information about that somehow? There are a lot of interesting people out there, and they all have the same thoughts. So I'm not yeah. just the only one. Yeah. But the fun thing is it's, it's fun to have colleagues like that mm -hmm. and to compete with them. So to see who can get to the answer first. But there are, there are a lot of people in the field looking at 
it's called biological motion of all sorts. And and you can you can say, well, it could be a random process. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mother Nature decides it needs to get something from point A to point B, mm-hmm. so it makes certain it gets there. And it usually associates these tiny little molecular motors in every cell of your body in order mm-hmm. to make that happen. Wow. All these interesting things happening at this very, very tiny level in, inside of you. That's why I enjoy coming to work every day. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. A lot of fun. Yeah. I'm all sure it's like a new discovery every day, too, and you're always getting a little bit closer to figuring out the answer, right? Yeah, and Mother Nature is nice about that. She mm-hmm. always holds back enough to make me come to work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Where else do you see um, the future of research, and specifically in terms of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or enlarged heart looking like? What's, what's happening there? There are a lot of um, efforts to do a better job in cataloging people who have it. Mm-hmm. Rather than waiting for it to happen, why not mm-hmm. be proactive? So if you, if I had to predict, if you think about what happens here at, uh, at the University of Vermont's uh, medical center, I, I, I predict within years, not, and not too many, that every child who's born, a blood sample will be taken and their, their entire genome will be mm-hmm. done, meaning all the genes in their body. And therefore, you'll be able to predict in advance who has it. Now there's ethical questions associated with that, but I I think I think the uh, it's called personalized medicine. Mm-hmm. I think is the future. Everybody will know what their gene makeups are, and given the information we now know about how genes relate to certain diseases, mm-hmm. everybody will have their profile in their pocket, and then they can present to say, well, this I have this gene that does such and such, and they'll they'll tailor medicine towards the individual. Great. Thank you so much for all these thoughts and all this information. Our guest today has been David Warshaw, PhD. He's a professor and chair of molecular physiology and biophysics at the University of Vermont. To learn more about health and wellness resources available to you from the UVM Medical Center, please visit uvmhealth.org slash medcenter. You've been listening to Health Source, brought to you by the University of Vermont Health Network. For more information, visit uvmhealth.org and check us out on social media.